Radical. Episode 147. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. My name is Shane Hazel. I am your host. Thank you guys for tuning in. Today, uh, Dr. Fauci is back in the news and making headlines on Twitter. But first, I am going to go through the admin portion of this fun stuff. Uh, if you love the show and you want to become a patron, you can go out to patreon.com slash radicalpod and become a patron for as low as a dollar. It's a pretty good deal uh, for, I don't know, about eight to 10 shows a month and and thank you guys i mean like i said we are all around the world at this point in places that uh, in some places you know that are very strange to see on a map but uh nonetheless uh and maybe it's vpns i have no idea i kind of doubt it but um thank you guys for for taking this out for spreading it for becoming patrons uh thank you guys for also going out there and leaving reviews on apple uh it lifts my spirits it also bumps us up in the algorithms uh so if you don't have a whole lot of money and you want to support the show go out there and leave a five-star review i will read it here on radical uh you can go out to the website radicalpod.com there is merchandise there uh there are all the links for whatever type of fashion you like to consume uh the podcast this will be an only audio podcast again um and if you got something to bring to my attention uh best place to send that is shane at radicalpod.com and i will get to it there um Today, yeah, uh, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in in, in the never-ending COVID news cycle. Um, I, I'll tell you, you know, from just personal experience lately, uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm just, I'm wore out. I'm sick of it. I, I didn't even want to talk about this. You know, I, I find it extremely uh, uninspiring sometimes, and to try to put together a show around. COVID. Um, you know, I know I, we talked about it quite a bit in my last show, but I also wanted to put together something for you guys to bring you hope, to bring you guys, um, you know, to, to, to see people who are working around this, who have uh, absolute, you know, great platforms and declarations to share. Uh, a lot of you guys have probably heard of the uh, Great Barrington Declaration. If you have not, it's uh, Barrington, B-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N Declaration. Uh, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to read this today. Um, and there's probably one that's a little lesser known. As I can see, it's only been signed by about 9,700 people. It's a declaration for the protection of children and young people from the COVID-19 response. So we're going to get into both of these today. Um, but first, because... <laughs> Fauci's back in the news on Twitter. I wanted to do some comparison on um, kind of what is being said and floated by the bureaucrats and, you know, just fake as fuck people from D.C., man. Um, warning, obviously, I cuss in the show. So if you got young ears around, um, you know, I, I hope they're ready to hear some. But uh, in in today's, I don't know, pressers that uh, Fauci has gone out and do, he has been talking about how we are going to, to have to make some rough decisions. Doctors and nurses, uh, hospital administrators, I imagine, are going to have to make tough, tough um, decisions on, on who they admit here in the near future. And uh, instead of convoluting his words, I'll let him convolute his own words um, for himself here. Well, you know... That's a tough call, Jim, to prioritize a vaccinated versus an unvaccinated person. I, I don't think we're going to get there. There's talk of that. What we really should be doing, and I hope we are doing it, is to do everything we can 
to mitigate this number of people who are getting infected and requiring hospitalization and ICU beds. We are perilously close, as you mentioned in the beginning of the segment, of having, in certain areas of the country, getting so close to having full occupancy that you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to make some very tough choices. The thing to do right now is to pull out all the stops on everything we can do to prevent new infections, which will ultimately lead to hospitalization. Vaccination is the number one. And if that means mandates at the local level for vaccinations, we've got to make sure that masking is implemented. And even if there are mask mandates where which they're trying to push back against mask mandates, there should be mask mandates because we know masks work. All right. So Dr. Fauci here is talking about, and the thing is, is he, he kind of tiptoes around, like he doesn't come out and directly say what he's thinking. You can tell what he's thinking. I mean, um, it, it's really, you know, pretty plain as day now to see what these tyrants and fascists are trying to do, right? Like, I mean, the the only thing they really care about is vaccination. You know, they're, they're not going to talk about uh, other therapies, what we should be doing in terms of people uh, possibly in the very beginning stages of, of this kind of thing. You know, if they really wanted to cut down on the amount of beds that were being, you know, utilized in ICU uh, and hospital beds across this country. Wouldn't they be talking about anything and everything that you could possibly do? They're still not talking about it. You guys have heard me at nauseum. You know, vitamin D, especially uh, exercise, making sure that your your diet's in check, that you've got you know a, a very low uh, body fat percentage. You know, these are things we've talked about over and over and over for I don't know since I don't April, early March of last year. You know, this is just the normal: get out, get exercise, get vitamin D. Take care of your diet. Take care of yourself. And a lot of times, your immune system, this incredible thing that you have uh, been, I don't know, gifted through inheritance of just survival over hundreds, if not millions, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years, is going to do amazing things, right? Like, I mean, I don't think a single disease is ever going to wipe out mankind especially given what we have at our fingertips uh, for care in this world. And the more you study that we get into and the more we understand our, you know, our environment around us, especially the natural things that exist out there and how to apply them to our bodies and, you know, make individual choices based on, you know, pre-existing conditions, Right? Like we're all different. We we should be celebrating the idea that we're all different. You know, in so many circles, these guys want to celebrate, you know, especially, you know, the the Fauci's and the the liberal, you know, quote unquote out there, the progressives, they want to celebrate, you know, quote unquote, uh, individuality and being different, being weird and all that kind of stuff. And I'm all for it. The problem is, is in their actions, they're a one size fits all, very, very controlled, um, you know, type of society. These guys have zero imagination when it comes to the application of science or medicine um, that doesn't fit the agenda for power. And to, to prove 
you know this this nuance you know that that we see that, that this this tyrannical i don't know vein that is sweeping the entire world right now which i just don't understand uh for the life of me that there's this many people that are i don't know exposed or can be bent or i don't know persuaded through force and coercion to go out in front of cameras and say such nonsense um to, to see where you know Fauci wants to go, right? Like he just wants vaccines. Um, I have found this clip from the Australian government. Uh, this is uh, Voices for Vaccine. This is uh, Victoria. And it's being uh, aired on the nine news over there. I want you to listen to this bureaucrat and just how draconian and awful this man is. From a situation where... To protect the health system, we've got everybody locked down. We're going to move to a situation where, to protect the health system, we're going to lock out people who are not vaccinated and can be. So they're going to lock people out, right? Like, we're in lockdown right now, but we are going to lock you out if you refuse to be vaccinated is where they're going. And he goes on. This is uh, This is about two minutes long and I'm going to, we're going to get through the entirety of it because I think you guys need to hear this kind of stuff. And, you know, to have government officials out there, especially in places like Australia, you know, um, you know, one of, you know, quote unquote, America's fiercest allies, people that are very similar in culture to Americans. This is chilling. If you're making the choice not to get vaccinated, then you're making the wrong choice. You're making the wrong choice. And Ed, you, d- f- screw your choice. Screw your right to, I don't know, live with just maybe the antibodies because you survived. Screw your choice uh, because you have some pre-existing conditions. I don't know. Maybe you've already uh, got a autoimmune disease. Maybe you're pregnant. Maybe you're a child. Maybe whatever, right? Like, it doesn't matter. It's a choice. At the end of the day, you have the right of conscience. And if you are on your deathbed, at least you had the right of conscience to choose the path that got you there. There shouldn't be anything forced about health. A one-size-fits-all. I mean, Jesus Christ. The lack of imagination here. One-size-fits-all. They, I mean, they hate this. They, ha- they hate the idea of, you know, people in a, I don't know, what, what do they call it? Uh, you know, a, a patriarchy, right? Forcing people into their way of life. You know, the white male, blah, blah, blah. Well, here we are. Here are white males forcing people in their health, in their decisions, coercing them, forcing them to get a vaccine. It's incredible. For safety's sake and for the back to that point about how much work our nurses have to do as this becomes absolutely a pandemic of the unvaccinated and we open everything up. Is it? Is this a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Or are we seeing the Delta variant cases surge and people who are vaccinated breakthrough cases? The study out of Israel where you're 13 times more likely to have a, a case of COVID if you're vaccinated. 
These aren't made up numbers. These are actual these are actual studies that have been reported on out of Israel where 80 plus percent of the population has been vaccinated. It's not an epidemic of people who are unvaccinated at this point. It's provably false. 13 times the percentage of people getting vaccinated are having breakthrough cases of COVID. I don't know, man. I like, I I'm, I'm not in like, you know me, like I will entertain a, a conspiracy because there's just not many theories out there anymore. Right? Like most of these things have come true. The idea that they've taken a lot of whatever they can get and put it into these quote unquote vaccines to put it into your body, oh, man, it just seems to me like maybe what they're doing is prolonging this through inserting it into people's bodies. They have no idea. Maybe they do have an idea. I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, like it seems to me like this is just a an effort by pharma, by government, by the propagandist, by anybody and everybody in power to continue to grow their power to stay in control. It's not going to be safe for people who are not vaccinated to be roaming around the place spreading the virus. That's what they'll be. That's what they'll be doing. So there's every reason, every reason uh, to get vaccinated. And there are appointments available, and there'll be even more appointments available throughout September, October, November. So there's appointments available. People don't want this damn thing. People don't want the damn shot. They, they have, I mean, they've spent trillions on propagandizing this this disease. And I'll tell you, you know, I oh, yesterday I went in and had my my teeth cleaned. Maybe this just needs to come out of me because I think it's just been. I don't know. It's been really seething in me. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm getting my, my teeth cleaned. And mom, you'll appreciate this if you're out there listening. I, this is the second time I've not been to my mom. My mom's a dental hygienist. Obviously been going to her since I've, I've had teeth. Until, I don't know, Obamacare changed everything, right? You like your doctors, you can keep your doctors. I couldn't even keep... Um, my mom on my insurance to go and get my teeth cleaned for my family. And, you know, God bless her and God bless uh, her dentist, which I won't name by name. Uh, I love them all to death. It's where I, I mean, I grew up with these people. And so I've been forced to go out and find somebody new uh, for our oral checkups and health and cleanings and all that kind of stuff. And my first visit was during uh, the pandemic, I think, pandemic, earlier this year, very early this year. And I went in and, you know, it was it was cordial enough, um, you know, they make you wear a mask coming in, which, you know, it's their private business. And I am happy if I'm going to use their services to go in and, you know, put on a mask. They're going, they, you know, I think they went for a time without having to do that. But now I, I went back just the other day and I had to wear one in and had to go through all this nonsense in terms of getting ready to have my teeth cleaned. And while I'm having my teeth cleaned, which the, the dental hygienist, this is the second time I've seen her. She sits there and starts to talk about how they're bringing in mobile morgues around, you know, around North Georgia to take care of all the people who are dying from COVID. 
And in the back of my mind, like, I don't want to have this conversation with her. She's, you know, she's a Trumper. Um, and she, you know, goes on to inform me that this is such a serious thing that she has gone ahead and gotten the vaccine and she thinks everybody should. Like, I don't want to fucking hear this from you guys. Like if you, if you're providing me a service, I don't care about your, your personal health choices. I really don't. Can you, can you clean my teeth? Can you, you know, check me for any type of, you know, periodontal disease or anything like that. And at the end of it, Hey, thanks very much. Have a great day. Like this kind of shit is the kind of thing. I mean, it kind of sent me over the edge. I was just like, God damn. Like, I'm not going back there. I'm done to, to have, you know, somebody who's cleaning my teeth and have insurance in my teeth, talking to me about, you know, her concerns, the fear that she has in terms of the propaganda that's been shoved down her throat. I mean, this is, it's, a, it's left and right. It's, I mean, to have a, you know, somebody from the, I don't know, the Trump camp saying this kind of stuff to me, I was just like, wow, unbelievable that this is where you guys are at, that you are going to sit here in a professional setting and try to enlist me into your goddamn cult. I'm not, I'm not going, I don't want to be part of the fucking cult. I've been got nothing like I was part of the murder cult I'm I'm done and so anyway thanks for entertaining me I needed to get that out but that's what kind of inspired today's show because I think there's a lot more out there that we should be providing to people that I am going to you know list in the links and all that kind of stuff but I wanted you to hear this guy from Australia um in conjunction with where Fauci was at I'm going to keep going Let's get to those thresholds as fast as we possibly can. But yes, there's going to be a vaccinated uh, economy. And you get to participate that, you get to participate in that if you are vaccinated. Now, that's not right now because, of course, there's many more people who want to get vaccinated than we actually can get through the system. Wait a second. Wait a second. He just said that there are openings right now. They have open slots for people to go get vaccinated. And then at the same time, he's saying there are so many more people that want to get vaccinated that we can get vaccinated in the same breath. These people, I mean, it's uncanny. There is a mental issue. If they're not just flat out lying lying to your face, these people are pathological fucking liars. We have open slots available for vaccination. And at the same time, He's going to sit there and tell you, oh, you know, we can't even get to all the people that want to get vaccinated. Well, how the fuck is that? It makes no sense whatsoever. And there's a, not to gloss over the fact that he's going to talk about there's going to be a vaccinated economy. When they get to a certain threshold, and let's face it, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to get to the thresholds that these guys are putting forth. We've seen it. Two weeks, Right. Wear a mask, wear two masks, all this other bullshit that we've, we've had to live with. It doesn't fucking work. And they keep moving. Going to get vaccinated. Oh, but you're still going to have to wear a mask. Oh, now you're going to have to wear a mask inside too. Oh, hey, if you're, you know, 
vaccinated. Now you're going to have to get two. Now you're going to have to get boosters. I mean, what in the world are we talking about? When in history have we ever told people that they're going to need three of the same shots in the same year? Did they say that coming out? No. These people are, I don't know. Like it just seems to me, like if you look at Occam's razor, the easiest explanation is they are putting things in people right now at the cyclic rate, which means as fast as they possibly can to carry this through as far as they can for more and more and more power to absolutely change culture, to change society so that they have more control over it through fear. But we're going to get to a point where everybody who can get vaccinated will have been offered the chance to do so. And we are not going to have a situation, well, at least not in Victoria, where we lock the whole place down to protect people who won't protect themselves. These go and get vaccinated. There's 11,000 AZ appointments available this week. There's 11,000 appointments open. He just said it again. 11,000, but we can't get to everybody. <laughs> I'm pretty sure anybody and everybody who wanted could probably find one of those 11,000 appointments that are open. What's it take? Half a second to get injected? You tell me this stuff is not around for these people? It's, it's absolute insanity. 2,000 Pfizer appointments available this week. We'll have more to say with those additional stocks coming in from overseas, but I want to run that down to zero so there are no more AstraZeneca appointments, hopefully very soon, and we can order more, and we can keep pushing that. I just... So, we, so he's saying he's got, you know, he's got over 11,000. I mean, that's my guess is he's got 11,000 vaccines on hand. And he can't, he can't wait to get to zero so he can order more of them. It doesn't seem like they have a supply problem. It seems like they have a demand problem. People don't want this damn thing. Just again, remind people, uh, the Prime Minister has written to everybody who's 60 and over and indicated to them that you are eligible for AstraZeneca. And if you want Pfizer, then you will be in the queue behind everyone else. That is to say, you'll be in the queue behind 12-year-olds because they can only get Pfizer. That is... Th anyway, 60-year-olds don't want your shot, right? Like, they don't, they don't want this. This is absolute medical malpractice and tyranny to me. And the fact that they are going after the youth now, I think is probably one of the most telling pieces in all of this. People that, I mean, seriously, if you're under 60, I think, uh, under well, actually, I think it's under 70. Like, if you're under 70, you have like a 99.8% chance. And once you're under 50, I think it's like 99.95% chance of surviving COVID if it's contacted. Literally, you have a better chance of having complications from being injected with whatever they're injecting you with than dying from this disease, having serious complications from this disease. The fact that you have a 99.95% survivability rate and they're continuing to push this and the fact that nothing was going on and kids before they started injecting them, right? Like we're, we're starting to see kids, you know, younger, younger people being injected 
There are, there are teenagers who are having heart problems, who are having lung issues, who are having problems with their kidneys and failure because of what they're doing in terms of injecting these guys with experimental drugs. I don't care who signed off on it. I don't trust a damn thing that the FDA does. I really don't. But this, this is evil incarnate. This is um, Martha Raddatz uh, from ABC. She's interviewing um, Fauci. And I want you to listen to this one as well. I really want to concentrate on school kids with you this morning. As we transition into the fall, of course, we have all these kids going to school and pediatric hospital admission. All right. In the graphic, before I even get started, it says that COVID-19 daily cases average are up 153% in the last month. In the summer. It makes no sense. This is the lull. This is the lull before, you know, the, the, the winter and false positives because of things like sinuses and stuff like that. Small colds, possibly little flus going into the, the, the colder months. The fact that at, you know, the end of summer, we're up 153%, it screams something out of the normal is happening. And the only thing that out of the normal that's happening is people are being injected with experimental pharmaceuticals. ...are at the highest point of the pandemic. Does the Delta variant just hit them harder than we expected? What's happening? Well, what we're seeing is that this, this variant, Martha, is, is highly transmissible. The ability to transmit from person to person is much, much greater and more efficient than the prior variants, the alpha variant that we had. That's affecting both adults and children. So you're going to see more children infected. And quantitatively, since more children are infected, you're going to see more children, unfortunately, getting hospitalized. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that we've got to cut down the community spread. You can protect children who can't get vaccinated because of their age, yet we can protect them by surrounding them with a community of people who are vaccinated. That's how you protect children. And you also do it by complying with the CDC guidelines about masking, particularly masking in school. Even though you have vaccinated teachers and vaccinated personnel, you want to give that extra added level of protection for the children. That's the way we can protect them. Through community. He, again, the absence of talking about their health, talking about washing hands and touching their face with a virus that is airborne. This is not transmitted, you know, maybe it, it is transmitted through the air, but the, they act like this is transmitted through spittle, right? Like through particles that you either cough or sneeze out. It's absolutely a fallacy to, to, to have kids walking around in, in cotton mask with little prints on them that they touch over and over and over and over and over <laughs> in 10 minutes, <laughs> let alone the entire day. Do you think they're all going home and getting a fresh mask every day? Doubtful. <laughs> Extremely doubtful. Are they getting sick because they're touching their face more? Are they studying this at all? No, they're, they're absolutely not. But you're going to protect them with community. 
with teachers who have been you know, forced to be vaccinated or coerced to resign. It's unbelievable that this man is still the go-to for this administration. I'll remind you guys too. He was part of the Trump administration. And this is how, you know, like I always say, I don't care where you're from. I don't I don't care what camp you're from. I'm glad you're here listening to this. Because this is the kind of thing that when you can see through it and you can take a step back and you say, hey man, it's all of them. It becomes very clear where the fight is. And the fight is being taken up by some really, really courageous doctors, um, health scientists, and medical practitioners. Uh, they have formed this thing called the Great Barrington Declaration. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys have heard of it. Some of you haven't heard it. Uh, Tom Woods has done a great job in the past talking about this and um, and getting people uh, to sign in. I think we're up to about 850,000 signatures so far, and I'm going to link it so that you guys uh, can go out there and sign it. Yeah, 850,000 plus signatures right now. Um, and they have translated this into a number of, of languages. Uh, so, you know, feel free to share it with people, not only in, you know, the United States. So the Great Barrington Declaration, uh, as an infectious disease epidemiologist and public health scientist, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies and recommend an approach we call focused protection. So you can go on and, 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 um, you know, go through and sign the declaration and all that. Obviously, I think it's worth taking a, a quick short read of this here on Radical because um, I to see where people are taking action and getting behind them, uh, this was actually composed uh, on October 4th of 2020. Uh, this is the declaration was authored and signed um, in uh, Great Barrington by, in, and that's, I guess, signed in Great Barrington in the United States. Which I don't even know where Great Barrington is. I should probably do a quick look up on that. But anyway, without further ado, the Great Barrington Declaration. The Great Barrington Declaration, an infectious disease epidemiologist and public health scientist, we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies and recommend an approach we call focused protection. Coming from both the left and right and around the world, we have devoted our careers to protecting people. Current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. The results, to name a few, include lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and deteriorating mental health, leading to greater excess mortality in years to come. With the working class and younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden, keeping students out of school is a grave injustice. Keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage, with the underprivileged disproportionately harmed. Fortunately, our understanding of this virus is growing. We know that the vulnerability to death from COVID-19 is more than a thousandfold higher in the old and infirm than the young. Indeed, for children, COVID-19 is less dangerous than many other harms, including influenza. As immunity builds in the population, the risk 
of infection to all, including the vulnerable, falls. We know that all populations will eventually reach herd immunity, i.e., the point at which the rate of new infections is stable, and that this can be assisted by, but is not dependent upon, a vaccine. Our goal should be, therefore, be to immunize to, to, I'm sorry, to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity, the most compassionate approach that balances the risk and the benefits of reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection while better protecting those who are at higher risk. We call this focus protection. Adopting measures to protect the vulnerable should be the central aim of public health responses to COVID-19. By the way, of example, nursing homes should use staff with acquired immunity and perform frequent testing of other staff and all visitors. Staff rotation should be minimized. Retired people living at home should have groceries and other essentials delivered to their home when possible. They should meet family members outside rather than inside. A comprehensive and detailed list of measures, including approaches to multi-generational households, can be implemented and is well within the scope and capability of public health professionals. Those who are not vulnerable should immediately be allowed to resume life as normal, Simple hygiene measures such as hand washing and staying home when sick should be practiced by everyone to reduce herd to reduce the herd immunity threshold. Schools and universities should be open for in-person teaching. Extracurricular activities such as sports should be resumed. Young, low-risk adults should work normally rather than from home. Restaurants and other businesses should open. Arts, music, sport and other cultural activities should resume. People who are more at risk may participate if they wish, while society as a whole enjoys the protection conferred upon the vulnerable by those who have built up herd immunity. Like I said, there's a bunch of people out there, but um, it was signed by Dr. Martin uh, Kudorf, a professor of medicine at Harvard University. Uh, he's a biostatistician and epidemiologist with expertise in detecting and monitoring infectious disease outbreaks and vaccine safety evaluations. Uh, Dr. Sutra Gupta, uh, professor at Oxford University, epidemiologist with an expertise in immunology, vaccine development, and mathematical modeling of infectious diseases. And Dr. J, I'm not going to Dr. J.B. is uh, what I'll call him. Um, sorry, but I'm not going to murder his name here. Professor at Stanford University Medical Center, a physician, epidemiologist, health economist, and public health policy expert focusing on infectious diseases and vulnerable populations. And there is a whole host of co-signers from the medical and public health scientists and medical practitioners on here. It is one of the, I mean, honestly, Go out there, you know, have a read through it. And then um, once you read through it, feel free to sign it and, I mean, spread it around wherever you can within your communities. Now, there's a, another declaration out there that I wanted to show you guys because, you know, as as great 
and you know popular as the Great Barrington Declaration is, it's only been signed by 850,000 people, right? That's not a lot considering how many people are just in Georgia alone, right? If we got 10 million people and, you know, in the entire world, we haven't even come one-tenth of that way, we got to get that out there. Um, a lesser known, but also very important um, declaration is the Declaration for the Protection of Children and Young People from the COVID-19 response. And I say this, and I wanted to put this out there, this is from May of 2021. So it's not as old, and I don't think it's had as, you know, obviously not nearly as much coverage. But with where these guys are going, um, you know, a lot of times, children are pawns in a lot of things that go on. And I absolutely, I find it reprehensible. I find it grotesque, and I find it absolutely sickening uh, that at this point, where you've got children out there that are really very much, um, you know, going to survive and, and unaffected by the, uh, you know, by the COVID nineteen alpha or delta or whatever else you know is coming their way. You know, they've they've got they've got higher mortality rates for for influenza and pneumonia and things like that. Uh, to to be, I don't know even thinking about injecting some unknown into children, man, I don't know. I, not in a million years are you going to get anywhere near my children with that kind of stuff. It's bad enough, you know, that they have to, you know, they, they're going to wander around people who have been vaccinated, who have, you know, these ridiculous loads of the vaccine in them that are being spread. I guarantee you, you know, those, those people, those viral loads and those people that are actually getting vaccinated, those guys are a problem, not for people with immunity and not for kids, but for, you know, society at large that is susceptible. Like they talked about the, the focused prevention, you know, those people who are old, who are around people who have been vaccinated and I guarantee you a lot of places, um, whether they're hospice or, whether they're you know old folks' homes or whatever, right? What have they done? They've gone the opposite direction of the uh, you know the, the guys over at the the, the Barrington Paul or Declaration. What they've suggested, and they've vaccinated their employees, and those employees have gone with high viral loads and been around close contact with senior citizens. Oh, sounds like New York to me. But anyway, the Declaration for the Protection of Children and Young People from the COVID-19 response. This is all backed up with a ton of literature. If you care to see it, um, I'm going to link it. It's pandata.org and uh, good read. Actions to reestablish normality. Lift all COVID-19 mandates, particularly mask and social distancing on educational, social, medical, and leisure services catering to children and young people. Scale up these services to meet increased need. Number two, offer COVID-19 vaccine to high-risk staff at as a priority. Children and young people do not benefit from the COVID-19 vaccine as their risk from these diseases is almost nil. Mass vaccination and vaccine trials on healthy children are therefore unethical. Vaccinating this population diverts resources away from the vulnerable 
and other more pertinent health issues such as child starvation or route pediatric vaccination. Families of children and young people with severe comorbidities should consult their physicians for guidance. And number three, ending in the testing of infants, children, and young people. In cases of illness, the presence of COVID-19 symptoms. They should stay at home until fully recovered. Mandatory testing of students is unethical. And I, I absolutely agree. This is just point one. So they've got two points in this. This is point one. So three steps of point one. Lift all COVID-19 uh, 19 mandates. Offer the COVID-19 vaccine and end the testing. This, all these things that we've been doing as adults over the past, I don't know, year and some change, to, to get into the psyche of a young, impressionable kid during this time, like, you know, in the back of their mind, I imagine a lot of them are worried about it. A lot of them have been, you know, put through the ringer with this with parents who were absolutely scared to death. And I feel for you guys, like I really do, like I, for the kids, for the parents, for anybody who's scared to death of this disease that 99.9% of people under 50 survive. Like I, I, I do feel bad for you because fear has taken over your life. You're surviving. You're not living. You're not going out and having amazing moments. And because you're so scared, you've fed into this, I don't know, power grab that has taken the joy away from a lot of other people's lives with their kids, not to mention stunting the development of these kids to put this phobia of, I don't know, sickness in the back of their minds. Like there's a generation that's going to live with this for the rest of their lives. There's a generation out there that's going to go, oh yeah, remember the, you know, the, the COVID-19 scares when most everybody survived best pandemic ever. Point two, actions to facilitate recovery. Evaluate the short-term and long-term impact of lockdowns and in and interrupted and Suboptimal education provisions on children and young people in terms of physical and mental health, social adjustment, educational achievement, and career prospects. Smart goals should be set. The magnitude of the, ter- of the harm done should be shared with the public and policymakers should be held accountable. 100% agree. Number two, devise remediation programs to reach educational, mental, and physical well-being goals, particularly for the vulnerable groups such as young people who dropped out of school or find themselves in early marriage or pregnant. Number three, form a multidisciplinary expert task force to build a case to render extended closure of educational institutions unlawful to ensure that a similar calamity is avoided in the future. I mean, this is is absolutely spot on. You know, they, one of their, their slogans on this page is let me breathe, let me learn and let me play. These are all super, super important 
for uh, kids to do on on a daily basis. You know, to to be around other people. To I mean, thank God for jujitsu with my kids, right? Like the fact that you know this group of people has most of the time contracted from each other are in you know at least good physical shape, if not excellent. I mean, a lot of these people are just specimens, low body fat, absolutely, you know, you know, you, you get into, you know, rolling and you'll see very quick how quickly you get gassed when you're not prepared. Like it, it's, it's right away. Um, this is, you know, this is one of those things where I, I, I hundred percent encourage you, you know, if, if you've ever wanted to, if you've ever thought about it, go out to your local gym in terms of, you know, jujitsu. Find a new family in a new community that's not scared of each other, that loves on each other, that rolls together, that laughs and gets together and all this kind of stuff. It is so good. It's one of the great saving graces um, for my family. Um, and, and I think it has been during these times where we've gotten together and we've been together and we've seen each other through the, the highs and lows and, you know, they continue. Um to, to, to have all that at our fingertips is something that I want to also share with you guys. As, as I'm sharing these resources of uh, the Barrington Declaration uh, and the Declaration for the Protection of Children and Young People, like I, I'm going to share a couple other resources with you by the end of the show, and I'm going to, I'm going to put all of these into um, my, my show notes, so you'll be able to find links there. But um, I, th- I thought you know this would be... Um, you know, a a very, you know, very easy thing to share with you guys. Um, I really, you know, I don't, I don't think I need to belabor it a whole lot more. There's a couple more things from Panda, uh, that I did want to read. Um, this is, uh, from their page one of the actual declaration. Um, and their declaration is broken up into, uh, a few different parts. Part one is the declaration of the protection of children and young people. Uh, from the COVID-19 response. Uh, number two, you know, we've, we've read number one and number two. Two is actions to reestablish normality, uh, actions to facilitate recovery. And then uh, three is Annex A, which is the scientific literature behind COVID-19 regarding children and young people. Annex uh, B is uh, the scientific literature on masks. And Annex C is the scientific literature on the effects of COVID-19 response on children and young people. And it's got all the references. It's uh, it's got their acknowledgments down there. Um, this is a you know uh, an excerpt uh, that they put in on page one that I, I kind of wanted to go through real quick. But it says, "quote Experience has shown that communities faced with epidemics or other adverse events respond best and with the least anxiety when the normal so- social functioning of the community is least disrupted." It's very true. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, I'll draw back on on what I know um, in terms of, you know, a, a, a moral pick-me-up, right? Um, I used to love to be able to, like, I took a toothbrush with, with me everywhere on 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 missions, uh, especially with multi-day missions, right? Like, I don't care if I was going out and doing, uh, you know, what they call like an ISR mission, uh, where you're, you're going out and you're... You're doing intelligence and surveillance and reconnaissance and all that kind of stuff, right? Like long pack, you know, heavy loads and all that kind of stuff. You're dirty, you're nasty, you're sweaty, all this kind of stuff. To be able to take like a Listerine strip with me and a toothbrush where once or twice a day I could sit down and brush my teeth. Like that was a, 
that was a huge, huge, like mental, uh, morale win for me. And that, this is kind of what, you know, they're, they're getting to is like, how, how do we have morale wins for our society? Because a society that has morale wins is a, is a much healthier society. It, it, I mean, from an individual to a small group, to a larger group, whatever it is, like these moral victories, right? These, I should say morale victories are a huge, huge thing for mental and spiritual health. The next one is a departure from principles of public health. The response to COVID-19 pandemic in many countries has included policies with no scientific justification and no cost-benefit considerations. Lockdowns, prolonged school closures, mass testing, contact tracing, extensive social distancing, and mask wearing in the general population mark a drastic departure from pre-COVID-19 public health guidelines and pandemic preparedness plans from the WHO. In 2006 and 2019. So this is obviously extremely important. Like what they're doing is brand new and is new for control. Epidemiology speaks loudly is their next headline. COVID-19 presents a high risk of severe illnesses and death to the elderly with multiple comorbidities and a negligible risk to the majority of the population this is from the CDC. From people under 70, the median infection fatality rate is 0.05%. Um, and that's from Lonidas, and that's 2021. This estimate includes individuals with comorbidities, which implies that it is significantly lower for those without. So this, this estimate, this 0.05 fatality rate, includes people with comorbidities under the age of 70. So if you remove comorbidities from the equation, it is significantly lower than even, you know, basically you you have a much greater chance of survival than even 99.95%. You have a greater chance of survival than 99.95% when people with comorbidities are removed from the equation. They never talk about this. For children and young people, the IFRs is near zero. That's from Oki and Hedren in 2020. They are also not main drivers of transmissions to adults in particular, to the elderly. These advantages were not taken into account when devising the COVID-19 public health policy and despite mounting epidemiological evidence continue to be ignored to the lasting detriment of this population. Of course it does. Health interventions based on needs. During this pandemic, many governments and societies have placed narrow emphasis on reducing cases of COVID-19 to prevent deaths from the illness in the high-risk group, this policy failed drastically and inflicted great collateral damage upon vulnerable groups such as low-income families and communities, individuals with disabilities and mental illness, the elderly and children, and young people 15 to 25 years old. And this is all from the WHO. A response based on focused protection 
of those at high risk from COVID-19 can achieve the best outcomes for all as described in the Great Barrington Declaration and the Protocol for Reopening Society on Pandata 2020. The next generation is in peril. This is the last one. Evidence already shows serious damage to the physical, mental, and social well-being of children and young people, as well as their educational attainment and future prospects. There was never a reason to disrupt the lives of children and young people, and there is every reason to restore normality to this population. Policymakers should take immediate action to protect their children and young people from further harm and injustice now and in the future. And we all know that that's not going to happen. That's why I'm going to tell you, get your kids the hell out of school. Get them out. I don't care what you have to do. I really like I'm, I'm the best thing you could do for you and your family. Get your kids out of government, murder cult, mandatory indoctrination camps, period. And I had one other article. Let's see. Do we have time? Um, I have a couple indisputable facts, and this is from a guy named Lex Green. This was published this year of August 31st, 2021. Um, this is, you know... This is just stuff for you guys to to be armed with. Um, there, you know, he goes through indisputable facts. There's five of them uh, with indisputable conclusions. And you know, do I agree with every single one of them? No, I don't. But um, I'm going to tell you, they're pretty close to spot on, especially um, the facts. So this one is, I think, extremely telling and interesting. Fact number one: Every year, approximately 0.9 percent of American citizens die. They die of many different causes, from heart disease to cancer, and yes, the flu and cold. Each year, the total number of USA deaths moves around a bit, but only by one one-hundredth of one percent. It's an extremely low number, obviously. In 2019, before COVID, 0.8782% died of multiple causes. In 2020, under the COVID-19 um, you know, numbers, the number was 0.8880, up just under one one hundredth of one percent. Did you catch that? We went from 0.8782 to 0.8880. You would have thought the world was ending and everybody was dying who caught this thing from the news, the media, the government, pharmaceutical, I mean, your dentist, your dental hygienist, you would have thought everything was absolutely ending. He says the conclusion is that it is entirely possible for this to be true. Uh, If there was any killer virus flooding the country, as we have been so advised by mad experts, this is not to say that no one ever gets sick or dies. It's to prove that we have been lied to from day one about this disease. Indisputable fact number two. For many years now, the WHO and CDC have required an event to impact at least 7% of the population before labeling the event an epidemic. According to the CDC, as of this morning, 39,668,541 Americans have been infected by COVID-19. 11.9% of the U.S. population. However, 
more than 80% have been asymptomatic, also known as false positive, which brings the real case number to more than 80% have been, I'm sorry, which brings the real case number uh, to date down to 7,933,708 or just 2.4% of the U.S. population. The number of COVID cases has been overstated by at least 500%. And that's actual COVID deaths have been overstated by at least 1,600%. So his conclusion here is the CDC and the WHO have intentionally and grossly overstated the facts with clear intent to mislead citizens and frighten them and even eventually um, con, bribe, intimidate, threaten, coerce, or otherwise force citizens into, quote, voluntarily accepting the, the shots without any real foundation of ever needing a vaccine at all. Fact number three, if masks, social distancing, and quarantining healthy people worked, the so-called pandemic would have been long gone by April of 2020. The real science is printed on the side of every mask box. They are not designed to or capable of preventing the spread of any virus. Uh, yeah, I obviously agree with that. And he goes into fact number four. To date, COVID-19 has had an overall survival rate of 99.8% in the U.S., even with the government blocking access to known cures like I- ivermectin, and possibly hydrochloroquine, you know, and I, you know, I don't know. Um, I can tell you right now that the fact that they haven't talked about it and they haven't talked about, you know, people building up immunities through antibodies, um, should tell you a lot. And he talks about the last fact, indisputable fact number five, no one has the legal, moral, or ethical right or authority to force vaccinate mask, social distance, or quarantine any healthy person ever for any reason at all, by no one, I mean no one, public servants are servants of the people, not elected or appointed dictators. They don't issue mandates. Instead, they must follow our mandates, well-defined in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which obviously it's a parchment barrier. And they didn't and they won't because they want power. And he goes on to list the Fourth Amendment guarantees every citizen the inalienable right to be secure in their person, which is indisputable, absolutely indisputable. And you know, to 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 fly in the face of you know all of these things, just like I said, it leads me to the declarations, it, and it leads me to some places where I think you can find some some help and some some hope in in what's going on. And I'm going to list those for you as we wrap up here. So I came across this place. Um, if you were looking um, at alternative solutions than the vaccine and you have never had COVID, or if you've maybe contracted the Delta variant or whatever the case is, um, there is this place that a um, medical doctor, Ben um, Marble, has set up. It's uh, myfreedoctor.com. And you can go in there and sign up and they will prescribe you, um, you know, the, the treatments that they don't want, you know, I should say the establishment, the murder cult doesn't want you to have. Um, it has a bunch of other links and resources in there uh, for you. 
But, uh, you know, it talks about on here that the early multi-drug treatment at home saves lives. It says our multi-drug protocols include all the controversial safe generic drugs whose names we aren't supposed to mention, um, as well as over-the-counter therapeutics, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, etc. So you can uh, text them, 850-750-1322. It's 850-750-1322. Um, and I guess they'll they'll get back to you there. But I thought I'd bring that to your attention. That is uh, myfreedoctor.com, and I will uh, list that there as well. I will list the Great Barrington Declaration. I will list the uh, declaration for the, um, the the children. And I also wanted to point you guys to some um, news sources from other physicians out there. AAPS, Associated, uh, I'm sorry, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and this is a site that talks about all of these things, you know, uh, COVID treatments, uh, challenges of the AMA on efforts to suppress ivermectin in use, and, and just, just a whole bunch of things that you're not going to get out of mainstream media that are harder and harder to find and suppressed and everything else. So um, I will, like I said, this is um, aapsonline.org, and I will list all of these resources and sites for you guys so that you can see them, share them, use them, uh, and, and really find some hope out there and continue to do what you're doing. I think uh, there are some great strides being made. I know it is hard times, guys, and um, I'm I, I get it. I'm I'm right there with you uh, in, tr- in terms of trying to find um, you know some some passion to come in here and do what I'm doing. I've got some other shows lined up for you guys this week. Um, somebody had asked me to do a faith based show. Um, to explain what my thoughts are on it. And I thought, you know, probably a good time to do that as we are getting into some weird times, um, you know, and have gone through some weird times. But um, it's going to be mixed with a little bit of what I do for my own, um, I don't know, my own soul, you know, when I go out and kind of commune with nature a little bit. And uh, I'm trying to get on a guest for the end of the week. Um, I'm going I'm to keep it quiet until I actually have them confirmed. But uh, and tell them we're also coming up on 9-11. So if it gives you a hint, um, probably could be military-based. Anyway, I uh, hope you guys are all doing good out there um, and keeping busy. Next week, this is uh, just kind of a precursor. I am off on vacation. So no shows next week. And, um, you know, I'm going to go out. I'm going to enjoy some family time and some downtime. Really need it. I think about the first time in two years. Uh, that we've been able to get out as a family um, and really looking forward to that as kids grow up quick and you got to spend as much time especially the quality time with them as possible and make some uh, some memories so at any rate at that and I've got man I'll tell you what it's uh it's almost deer season guys September 11th archery opens up down here in Georgia and I've got a giant uh, that has been grown on the food plot in the uh, the surrounding area. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get into a hunting show and all that fun stuff as well. So at any rate, I hope you guys have an awesome week. I'll catch you guys back here uh, with the other show this week and a makeup show for last week. Uh, I love you guys. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take your stuff.